Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. I'm joined this week by my guest Katie Midwinter as we'll be previewing the ITV action at Ascot, Haydock and at Wincanton. Before we get into the racing, let's review our results from last weekend. And Katie, I have to say, you delivered for the listeners some really um, good price winners for you. Orkin Risk and Invictus as well. A bit of uh, Chris Gordon Lovin going on last week. Yeah, I had a great Saturday thanks to Chris Gordon with that brilliant devil that he had. Um, Annual Invictus, yeah, Orkin Risk, they were both really game. The yard been clearly in flying form. So it was one of the best days in racing that I've had in a while. It was really enjoyable. And it's always nice to tip some winners. Yeah, we'll be definitely under uh, the microscope this week. We definitely have to find some value for the listeners. And hopefully we can do that. We've got some good action to get our teeth stuck into it. I've got fields don't look too bad there. Haydock as well doesn't look too bad. And we'll be taking in the Kingwell Hurdle at Wincanton at the end of the podcast. So the first race we're going to go to then is the 150 at Ascot. It is the Bateau London Reynolds Town Novices Chase. It's a Grade Two contest over three miles. Disappointing turnout for this one. Only four runners. Bold Endeavour is your favourite four to six. We've then got Sam England uh, making uh, a rare appearance at Ascot. I think it's her first runner with uh, Kinado Kuatu. Uh, we then got JJ Riley at uh, nine to one. Oscar Elite's the outsider at twelves, and that's your lineup of four. So Katie Bold Endeavour. Previously trained by Laura Morgan, has seemed to have maybe improved a little bit since joining Nicky Henderson's yard. Do we think he's the one they've all got to beat? I think he is. Bold Endeavour should be good enough to win this, in my opinion. But I did think that Kinondu Kuretu was quite interesting. The Sam England yards have been in great form this season, according a 24% strike rate over fences with the horses. Uh, and this horse has played a big part in that. He's been in for his seventh successive win, and he is unbeaten since going and chasing. So he's, you know, certainly an interesting horse in the race. It's probably not a race I'd be having a bet in, but uh, I would have to side with uh, Bold Endeavour. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. He's best in here on ratings. He's eight pound better than. Canondo Quetu um, just seems to have improved a lot. Also, as well, question marks over the trip with some of the others. JJ Riley is one of those horses that uh, would spring to mind with the trip. Oscar Elite looks like he's gone off the boil. Joe Tizard's team have been really in and out the last uh, few weeks, so probably best avoided there. But I, I'm in agreement with you, Katie. I think Bold Endeavour will get the job done and take the Grade 2 Reynolds Town Chase. We're now moving on to the 225, where we've got a decent field here of 14 runners, 225 to the LK, Bennett's Winley Handicap Chase, and Captain Nord is your favourite at 9-2. We've then got Phoenix Way at 11-2 for Harry Fry, Laskalin at 6-1, along with Harry Fry's other runner, Reynolds Hill, wearing the first-time cheek pieces, Danny Kerwin at 7s, Dorkin Lad at 14s, Faraday at 14s, bigger are the rest. Uh, Katie, I thought this was... One of the more trickier races we were going to talk about. Did you have a strong fancy in here for the listeners? Well, firstly, I think that Captain Nord is the right favourite here. I think he's got a very good chance and he's possibly been laid out for this. He is a horse that I had in my mind earlier on in the season for one of these big handicaps on decent ground. And he should get 
decent ground here. He's back off his last winning mark of 127. So, yeah, he's definitely one to consider. But I'm going to be sticking with one of my cliff horses, and that is the Wolf. Blinker stay on for him. He's been dropped three pounds for his run at Musselburgh. And he really should be able to compete off a mark of 1-3-2. I do believe there's a big win in him can be quite frustrating to follow but if everything comes together for him then he's quite well handicapped and I would just love to see him get his head in front I think he's quite a big price as well at 22 to 1 I'm seeing currently so definitely some each way value there because he's got a lot of potential off that mark he just has to has to show a bit more of the ability that he does have yeah he seemed to run well for quite a long way I thought last time in in the borders national at uh, at Musselburgh, but yeah, I think yeah, if he can show his true ability, then maybe twenty two to one is a is a big price for him. I thought this was really tricky. I think if I was forced to have a gun to my head and give you the winner, I probably would go with Revels Hill, a horse that uh, I still think could have a little bit of scope off his mark of one three seven. They reached the first time cheap pieces. I think if he could uh, run up to uh, his uh, second place effort behind uh, your darling, where it was over a slightly shorter trip um, of two mile five, I just think he probably wasn't suited by that kind of trip. I, I do think he, he, he's got a good chance, and we've seen the Noel Feely uh, syndicate having plenty of winners this season. I thought uh, Sporting John could be interesting as well. Grade one winner over fences. Um, of a mark of 147, he does have to carry top weight, but uh, I just think there's been a few shines of late that Phil Hobbs' team maybe are coming back to a little bit for him. Some of their horses have been running a little bit better, and I thought he was maybe a little bit overpriced. Um, currently available at 18-1, but I think Rebels Hill would uh, be my main selection. So that is the Swinley handicap chase covered. We then move on to the 3 o'clock. It's the Ascot Racecourse Supports Box for Kids Handicap Hurdle. Irish Hill is your favourite at 9-2 for Paul Nichols. We've then got the Irish Raider Zofni Bay for Peter Fahey at 7-1. DeJelo for Venetia at 9. Tom Public at 10s along with two friendly 50 ball 11s along with Wizkid and bigger are the rest. Um, Katie, we were speaking off air here about the Irish Raider, uh, Peter Fahey's uh, Zofni uh, boy. What do we make of him? He's a very interesting contender here. He's coming back after 700 days off track. First time running for Peter Fahey and his new connections with Aidan Coleman in the saddle. He won a listed handicap in a toy. Um, he's seven to one, quite short considering he's been off for so long. So he is perhaps one to keep an eye on. He, he could be um, well in off a mark of one, two, two here. Um, so yeah, he's definitely interesting. I think Irish Hill has got obvious claims here. Wouldn't put anyone uh, off um, betting on him. But the one that I'm going to take a chance on is Sam Reeve at 16 to one each way. He's running off top weight, but he does have Sam Fang Claimer. Freddie Gingell on board and that should help his claims. He left a nasty fall here in October when he was going best of all and I'm thinking he maybe needed that run uh, at Kempton last time out to find his confidence again. He didn't jump very well there uh, and I think it can be the difference in a small field so I'd forgive him that. In the better ground and the step back up in trip it could be to shoot and I think there's a lot more to come from him so it's Sam Reeve for me. Yeah, I think Sam Reeve is interesting here. I think the better ground is key. Freddie Gingell as well, £7 claim, will definitely come in handy. And I think he, like you say, he is definitely 
overpriced. I thought this was a very tricky race. Um, I could see the case for Irish Hills, Offney, uh boy but i'm just going to take a chance with two friendly who i think has been running quite well this season without getting his head in front bridget andrews is booked for the ride here i thought it was a really good effort when uh, he was only beaten uh by a neck behind son gino who's a horse i know is held in high quite in quite high regard by paul nichols he's off a mark here of one two six i still think that's uh fairly workable for him i think ultimately the ground is key to him i just think uh, if they go a good pace here i think it will really help him settle and i think he is maybe slightly overpriced i like bridget andrews when she rides one call we've seen her do it a few times at ascot over the years um with horses like amula gold for example that spring to mind i just think this horse is quite interesting and off a mark of one two six i think there could be a little bit of leeway in it so um he was my idea of the winner of the race so uh too friendly for me and katie's going for samarivi we then go uh to the feature race on the card the 335 it's the betfair ascot chase a grade one contest a really interesting uh, race this only six runners but plenty uh, to be said about it Fakir Duderis is your favorite at seven to four for joseph o'brien won the race last year we've then got pick dory who's yet to be beaten this season for paul nichols at 11 to four along with shishkin who finally steps up in trip we've then got miller's bank who's no back number neither is first flow at 22 to one and i Ryan, an old favorite favorite mine is 66 to 1. Katie, this to me I thought was quite a tricky puzzle to solve. I think there's a few ways it, it could unfold. You could have the likes of Miller's Bank maybe going forward along with First Flow. I write as well has been known to be ridden handy in the past. Do we think Fakir is going to retain his crown or do we think maybe the likes of Shishkin could uh, maybe be benefited from this step up in trip? Well, I think Fakir de Derry definitely has to be respected. He's a very good horse, but I just love Shishkin and I hope that he still retains some of his ability after the issues that he's had. The step up in trip and the question marks around him in his form, it does worry me. But if he is able to bounce back, he's definitely the best horse in the field. You know, Shishkin, at his best, he should be beating Fakir. He's had wind surgery, whereas the first time tongue tie. I'm just really hoping that we can see some of the old Shishkin return um, and hopefully then he'll be able to go to Cheltenham and be competitive in a big race. Pick Dory is definitely an interesting one as well. He looks to be a really progressive type for Paul Nichols, but um, I'm really hoping Shishkin can, can get the job done here. Yeah, I think from a betting point of view, I probably would just side with Shishkin. I think Fakir, though, does set the standard. He is the one... They've all got to beat. For me, Pick Dory, even though he has looked very good this season and he's clearly improved, this is probably the best quality race he's running for quite some time. It's probably been his uh, main target this season, set by Paul Nichols. But I think he's not really come up against a horse as good as Fakir. And I just think he could be um, well, found wanting. I think if this became into a little bit of a speed test i think shishkin we've seen that turn of foot in the past if he does still possess it that could uh, really come to the fore he's got the tongue tie on first time wind up that would be concerning for some people but nicky henson's team 
have been going pretty well over the last uh, week or two. They're operating at 29% strike rate. And I just think this is what uh, Shishkin has been waiting for the last uh, season or two. We've always seen him run on strongly at the end of his races. And I'm going to be cheering him on at uh, Ascot on Saturday. I'm going to be there. So if you see me, feel free to uh, give me a shout. But I think Shishkin, along with Katie, uh, is going to be my selection we then move on to a couple of races at haydock where we go to the 205 the betfred randlesham hurdle a grade two contest over three and uh, uh, three miles and Ern river is your favorite 11 to 4 we've then got ashtown lad who had many entries this weekend uh, harry scouton has gone up there to ride and he's currently available at 92 along with brink green book itchy feet is also 92 wackles 16 elvis mail at 20s and Inish or is the outsider at 66 to 1. Uh, Katie, Earn River here um, was a good horse last season over fences. It's interesting that they've come back to hurdling, but I just didn't think his form so far of hurdles uh, amounted to much. Um, do we think he's maybe the wrong favourite here? I think this race is a really tricky one. I'm not sure what to make of it, if I'm honest. Burn River is probably the one that I'd side with. Um, just going off the fact that he is now back over hurdles, I'm not sure he's the most fluent jumper of fences. But again, his form isn't the most impressive. And so, you know, it's difficult to know where he really fits in in this field. Um, I had been loyal to Itchy Feet before his last run when he went at 20 to 1. That's the first time in a while that I hadn't actually backed him. Uh, so I just wonder if he's had his win for this season and I'd probably just watch him for now. Ashton Ladd over hurdles again is is interesting. Uh, it's not a race that I'd be having a bet in, if I'm honest. I don't have a strong fancy. But if I had to pick one, I probably would just go for Earn River. First run after win surgery. He might come on for this run. Because uh, I often like to back a horse in the second run after wind up. But I think Earn River... For me, is the right favourite, um, but um, yeah, it's a tricky race. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you here. I thought this was very tricky to work out. And River, I can see why he's been put in his favourite, but for me, I, I want to take him on. Greenberg is a horse that I have a lot of time for, but I think he can sometimes be a little bit in and out. I think if there was a consistent one, that's probably going to give you at least a decent run for your money. Ashtown Lad. I think he's not a bad price there at 92. I probably would have him close uh, to favouritism here with Van River. I thought that was a good run in the Potomac qualifier. We've seen actually in the past, uh, I think it was in this race last year, I remember Third Wind uh, ran and I think he finished third or fourth and then I put him up at the Charlton Festival in the Potomac and he went on to win that. So there could be maybe a couple of clues. There's a few horses in here that I think are qualified for the Potomac. So yeah, maybe keep an eye on uh, on uh, the results here uh, for maybe some uh, festival clues uh, in that race um, next month. We then uh, move on to the last race we're going to look on at Haydock. It's the 240s, the Betfriend uh, Grand National Trial Handicap Chase. And Fontaine Collange is your favourite at 5-1. to one. We've then got the old grey Bristol Demai at 6-1. to one. Small President at 8-1. to one. Quick Wave at 9s. Fortescue at 12s, along with Not A Chance. And Omar Moretti at 12s. Two Migos, Liz's favourite horse at 12s. Snow Leopardess at 16s. And Bigger are the rest. Katie, I thought this was probably the trickiest race we're previewing 
on the podcast this week. I thought there's quite a few in here that you can, might be able to give a chance uh, to, but uh, who are you going to go with? Well, one of my favourite horses is in here, Bristol Demai. I absolutely love him. But to be honest, I don't think he'll run, or if he does, it's not going to be soft enough for him. I think it's currently good to soft at Haydock, not much rain about. He's a Haydock specialist, but he needs really testing ground and he'll have to carry top weight of 12 stone. So I'm hoping that he, he doesn't run unless the ground does turn up as as really soft or, or heavy ground, which it does seem unlikely that we're going to get. But if he does run, then he's the one that I'm going to be cheering on because he's just such a, a legend, isn't he, of a horse. The one that I'm going to take a chance on is actually not a chance. He's not going to be running in the national because connections don't like the race. So you'd think this would be one of the big targets for him. He's seven pounds lower than his last winning mark. He's been running well all season. And I think the better ground might suit him a bit more. So he'd be my pick each way. I think he's around 12 to one. Um, yeah, so for not a chance for me for Alan King. Yeah, not a chance. I can see your argument with him there. The bounce factor might be my only concern about him, but he is quite well handicapped on some of his old form, and we know that he stays really well. He's been a stalwart in these kind of races over the last few years. I think the favourite, Fontaine Collange, probably does have every chance. I thought it wasn't a bad run at Kempton last time out behind uh, remastered. I'm not sure about the form necessarily, but I still think it wasn't a bad run. If you go back two starts, he uh, won here, and I just think maybe this could be his track. And Venetia's team are going okay, and he's still only a young horse as well. So, I think uh, I think for me, I would probably just give the the nod to Fontaine Collange, but a very tricky race here to uh, to to work out. We're now going to go to uh, Wincanton now for their feature race. Only four runners. But a fascinating race. It's the Wincanton, Jennings Bet, Kingwell Hurdle, Grade 2 contest. And First Street is your favourite at 6 to 4. We've then got Nappers Hill at 7 to 4. I like to move it. One of Izzy's favourite horses at 10 to 3. And Global Citizen is the outsider at 33 to 1. Katie, we've only got the four runners, but I'm going to be interested to see how this race unfolds. It could get a little tactical. What did you think on this one? Well, I've been putting up Nappers Hill quite often in similar contests, and I'm going to stick with him here. His stamina was tested a bit too much last time out at Cheltenham, I thought, over two uh, mile four furlong on soft ground. I think the drop back in trip on a sounder surface will definitely help him. It is an open race. You can make a case for at least the top three in the market. They're quite closely matched on ratings. And Nappers Hill does have to give two pounds to his two closest rivals. But he is a winner over the course of distance. And I think with the conditions to suit, he'll just edge it for me. Yeah, I can see why you're going for him here. I think the small field as well might help him. He's a horse that's been known to go forward in the past or he'll just probably track the pace. I think Global Citizen might get on with things. He's been known Global Citizen is time to be a free go and sort winner of the Grand Annual last year, you may remember, causing a bit of an upset. But yeah, I think Napasil does have a good chance. I do think though first streak is quite interesting. I've been really impressed with him this season. I think he's come up come on leaps and bounds. He does stay a little bit further as well if this does turn into a little bit of a stamina test. 
over the trip. He's got a really good high cruising speed by Golden Horn as well. Is a side that I think is starting to come into his own over uh, over jumps. Um, wouldn't have been at the front of people's minds when he was winning uh, the Arc and the Derby earlier in his career, Golden Horn. But yeah, I do think over jumps his progeny is starting to do quite well. And first street has been one of those flying the flag. I think that third behind Marie's Rock looks pretty decent form. Had the likes of uh, Nepasil behind him, and I just think. Uh, in this race I think he does have a good chance and I, I'm just going to give him uh, a tentative vote um, so before we sign off this is the part of the podcast where we have any other selections and it's just me this week I've got two selections away from the racing we've just been covered the four tenor Ascot I think looks quite an interesting race uh, I thought Thomas Moore was interesting for David Pipe but I'm just going to put up the um, Avalzi here for Paul Nichols, a really interesting horse. I think the key to him is the better ground. Um, has ran in some okay races so far, but um, I thought off for Marker 124 was fairly interesting. He fell um, at Kempton at Christmas in a race that was wiped out really well. Uh, he was sent off 10 to 1 for that race, which featured the likes of Grey Dawn in Fit of Glory. We've seen them go on to bigger and better things. I think he could be uh, potentially ahead of his mark, and it's not a bad opportunity for him to uh, get a taste of, uh, of a good handicap. And the other one I fancied to run well um, is at Wincanton on Saturday afternoon, the 4.17. I thought Pressure of Luck was massively overpriced there. Currently available at 11 to 1. I would have him via favouritism if you would ask me. Uh, previous course winner, probably he's likely to go to the front with Brani. Off the mark of uh, 132. I think that's fairly uh, a fairly good mark for him. He's been rated a lot higher in the past. We've seen Chris Gordon's team in absolutely stunning form, operating at 39% strike rate. I think he's got a cracking chance and is massively overpriced here. And if you can still get the, the 11 to 1 that's available on my screen on the Race and Post website, I think that's a huge price. So for me, he is going to be uh, one of my more stronger fantasies of the weekend. So that rounds off this episode of the podcast. Thanks again to Katie for giving up her time. Hopefully we found you some winners this week. Remember to subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms. We're available on the likes of SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple. You can follow us on socials as well on Twitter and Instagram. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.